Hello, curiosity seekers. Welcome to Dissecting Medical History. I'm Ange. I'm a travel nurse, medical history enthusiast, and your host. If you're looking for a storytelling formatted podcast with fun and fascinating topics on history and bios, then you are in the right spot. Please note this is not in any way medical advice. If you have anything that's ever discussed in any of the podcast episodes, please seek medical attention. Now, let's get this story started. This one is about Swedish butcher. I called him the Swedish butcher. I think they call him the Stockholm killer. I think Swedish butcher is more fun. Although, I think so too. It gives him a because, sweet hot edge. Yeah. Because there's lots of knives involved. So I figured the Swedish butcher sounded better. The Muppets has ruined this for me. I'm immediately going to Swedish chef. <laughs> I'll, I'll try not to picture him. <laughs> okay. So today I'm with my friend Joe from across the pond. Hello. On dissecting medical history and his lovely wife, Emma. Hi. I'm so happy that you're both here. <laughs> I love you both, so I'm glad you're here. Um, so this story is about the Swedish butcher. Mm. Like I said, I, I'm calling him that. I don't care what anyone else says. Um, Sweden, of course, is a rather low crime country, but that doesn't mean they have some rather shocking killers. And this is going to be, well, it was a shock to me when I <laughs> first, when I was reading and researching him. So it probably will be a little bit of a shock to others. Um, this takes place in the 1980s. Okay. There was a serial killer on the loose who was targeting mostly prostitutes. Oh, don't they always? Yeah. Yes. And apparently Sweden has a very big red light district. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I. Oh, yeah. I did not know that. <laughs> I'm assuming incredibly well regulated as well. Oh, they're of, very efficient. Yeah, above, above <laughs> board and with a health plan. <laughs> probably it's probably a little bit better now mm. not letting their prostitutes get murdered but in the 80s they were tar- this the serial killer was targeting mostly prostitutes um in june of 1984 i'm trying to think what was i doing in 1984 in june of 1984 the first woman found was mutilated and she happened to be a former model that had fallen to heroin and prostitution her name was Katrine de Costa, and she was only 28. Now, apparently there was an author that was writing a book about the Red Light District or about people that had fallen into this line of work, and mm-hmm. they got to know her pretty well. So Katrine, Katrine de Costa is probably pretty well known in Sweden because from everything I've read, they haven't let her death go. Even though she was like, ended up being a nobody and they didn't really care about her while she was living mm. apparently after she died she became somebody well, i guess it's um, i mean she was a model yeah. so she yeah. yeah they're normally faceless but they could point to well look at what she was and it's easier than to picture other prostitutes as actual people with feelings and emotions yeah, exactly. and stuff exactly <laughs> so because she was the first they say she is the first one found but i don't think she was probably the first one um, she was working in the Stockholm Red Light District when she was last seen alive. Mm. Her remains did not show up for five weeks, and then they were found in a 
like a trash bag Ooh, not no. too far from the police station the forensics area oh so or, they've been left for for the police rather for, than... yeah kind of i probably just kind of like a I'm thinking that I don't know if that's true but it was only part of her body then three weeks later more remains in a bag were found in a different location the head and some of the intestines were never ever found oh my goodness yeah in July 1984 so a month later the police found another mutilated prostitute by the name of Annika Morse she was only 26 and she was found in a park the police needed to get a profile on this killer, so they went to their best pathologist, which just happened to be near the first, where the first body was found, and his name was Teet Harm. And he was 31. He was the town's best pathologist. He was well-respected, had been a keynote speaker on many international events, Ooh. published journal author, and was an expert in strangulation murders and sexual psychopaths. Right. Uh, so also... they were going straight down the sexual motive. <laughs> he was also the widow of a wife that committed suicide and was raising a young daughter. Oh, no. This is the backstory of a hero cop in a movie, it though, is. isn't it? It is. Oh, yeah. did he only have a week to retirement? <laughs> I, I feel like he might have that kind of backstory. Well... No spoilers. Okay, for, <laughs> Katrine, for Katrine's case, Dr. Harms stated that the person that killed her was skilled at butchering animals. So the police went on this butcher manhunt. They found one guy who was jailed for killing and mutilating a prostitute, but he had an alibi. And at first I thought, oh, his alibi was probably prison. Mm -hmm. But no, he was released from a mental institute. So he was let go. He was free. He Why? just had an alibi. What Do we know so, what his alibi was? So. I don't. <laughs> but they they went to him, I think, several times, and it, he just he wasn't the guy. Um, when they went to Dr. Harm again for Anika's case a week later, he said it was the same killer, but he was very skilled with a scalpel and knows anatomy. He was almost complimentary in how he talked about this killer. Ah. Well, so he's a good a week... surgeon rather than a butcher. So, yeah, they think he's... Um, Medical medical uh -huh. so a week later a week later like this is like happening pretty frequently another prostitute was found christine kravovich she was only 27 this one was found naked and strangled in the red light district Ooh. and again all of these are mutilated and kind of butchered they're they're found it's not like the body's lying there mm. they're actually been butchered I mean, the police had a tip from a woman named Lena Borfers. She said she could identify the Stockholm killer and mentioned that there might, in fact, be two killers involved. They arranged a meeting, but she ended up disappearing. Oh, dear. Yeah. The killer was not lighting up. More bodies of women were found over the next few weeks. Lena Granz, Kat Falk, which I believe was a television a reporter or a television spokesperson, Alina Manson, and Alotta Sevenson. So Stevenson. He, he's killing, on average, one person a week. Mm. Yeah. And in in I'm guessing that the red light district isn't going to be. I mean, even in a major city, isn't going to be that big. So Couple he's well. Still, yeah. There is a lot of prostitutes. I'll get to that in a second. Oh, okay. okay. But then the body of Lena Borfers. 
was identified. So the one that was going to tell the cops about the killer ended up dead, too. Oh, dear. So they weren't all prostitutes this time, but Mm. some were from nightclubs. So, like, I get Cat, Cat Falk and her friend were found later in a car in some water. Like, they mm. were butchered and everything, and they were in a car. Well, in but in a car, and that was pushed into a river. Yeah, to a river or mm. a lake or something. And she was the one I was telling you, was like, of the reporter or something. And she, and I, I mm. believe, was found at the nightclub. I remember this with um, Peter Sutcliffe, that he, he was targeting prostitutes but occasionally he would just find someone he assumed to be a prostitute and would yeah kill them as well so you know you can't uh, yeah you can't really 100 percent if you just well he did people. go to nightclubs he did uh, go to nightclubs to find them too so would these be like people who worked in nightclubs like dancers barmen bar you know just the just the frequenters the the, wow. the people just going yeah the good were, girls yeah they uh well, I'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> the police hit the streets and they interviewed over 600 prostitutes. Whoa. So, yeah. So that's where I was like, um, there's not just a few prostitutes in the red light district. There's like 600. And I'm guessing that a lot of them would have said, nope, I don't want anything to do with the police. Actually, actually, there was a few that talked mm-hmm. um, because the they did have a picture. And I'll talk about that in a second. But they did start talking because this guy wasn't exactly very nice. Mm-hmm. Some said they would beat them. He, he would beat them. Mm-hmm. So he would frequent the, the red light district, get get the prostitute. And this was actually before the killing started. And um, and then he would beat on them. Oh, so it's One like escalation. Said, <laughs> excuse me. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, that's what I think. Mm. So one woman said that a boyish, well-dressed man had beaten her up and managed to get his license plate. He had a VW rabbit. <laughs> a VW rabbit? I know, rabbit. What? Remember those? No. No. <laughs> not at all. No, not even a little bit. Like, there was a car was called the rabbit. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You don't know the rabbit? No. no. If we did, Emma would own one. I would own one. Oh, well, yeah, VW had a, a VW Rabbit. I wanted one so bad. So badly. I'm going to have to but, Google what it looks like now. Yeah. Uh, it looks... It, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, what does it look like? It looks like a Prius. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's... um. It, I, it looks like they're... Um, what is that car they have now? The My friend has one. I forgot. Anyway... Yeah, they, they discontinued this a while ago. Anyway, okay. So he had a VW Rabbit, which I guess you didn't know what it looked like. It's kind of funny because it's a cheap car. It's not like they're top of the line. Oh, it looks a bit like a Golf. Are you looking it up? Yeah, we had Yeah, a Golf. Gold. That's the word. Yeah, yeah it looks kind of like mm-hmm. a Golf, but they oh, were yeah, mostly cool. white. Okay, so one more. <laughs> so it's a white rabbit. So, nice. So it's a white rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so the police had gotten a report from a father-in-law of Dr. Harm who saw the news about Katrine's bodies being found in the trash bags and thought he was capable of doing such a thing. So the police had a picture of him when they weren't out questioning these 600 prostitutes. Many of the women recognized him as being a customer. 
That doesn't mean he's a killer. <clears throat> the But they brought the pathologist in for questioning. And in the meantime, they went to search his house. Oh. oh. Well, he's lonely. I mean, let's give him the benefit <laughs> of the doubt. He's, his wife's died. Do well, we know how? Well, committed suicide. Committed suicide. By but cutting herself found, into pieces? They found a knife, possibly a murder weapon in a sheath. Mm. And they found a very disturbing picture. That of his late wife, Aunt Catherine, blew in the face with a rope knotted around her neck in the middle of suicide. Okay, so how would one take a selfie during suicide? And... In the 80s. In the 80s, yeah. yeah. In the 80s. <laughs> and if they were, if that was the case, why would the husband keep okay. such a photo? Like, why would, you know... Also very suspicious is two months after she had died, he... Um, turned in his first paper on strangulation because like i said remember he's an expert now on strangulation so two months after he she died even yeah that that should have been suspicious straight away if if someone close to you has committed suicide via strangulation are you the picture i mean come on so when the wife died she was in the middle of a divorce um she was trying to divorce him so I don't know the reasons for her stating for the or wanting the divorce, but it might have something to do with him collecting violent pornography. Oh. And he was frequenting prostitutes from time oh, to time. Pre, oh, wow. pre-divorce. Okay. Pre-divorce, yeah. So that could be why she was divorcing him. Things could have gotten out in the divorce. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe he... He also moved his girlfriend in pretty quickly after she died. I don't know any information about her. Are you are you suggesting wow. that the girlfriend he'd met before his wife had died <laughs> that he was uh, monkeying was from re- one to the next? He was, oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. As men was sometimes do. Yeah. Oh, oh, an overlap. What a bad man. I hate him for that. If nothing mm-hmm. else. Yeah, that's yeah. So harm was released because they didn't have anything concrete against him. Then he was let go from his job. His boss had done some of the pathology work and was convinced that he was the serial killer <laughs> and they were that they were looking for. Later, friends said that Harm would invite them to see the postmortem of bodies that he was working on. And then sometimes he would send reports with pictures unsolicited to some of his friends. Wow. Can you imagine getting that in the mail? Like, you and I are nurses so yeah we've seen that stuff but can you imagine M getting a oh, no. <laughs> getting That's a report just... with pictures of postmortem actually um my my brother um his friend who i will not name um while he was training to be a doctor he sent my brother a scalpel through the mail he's a surgeon he'd, that he'd used oh. to uh, dissect a body it was the first bit of dissection he'd done and he sent he just put a cork on the top like like a cork is going to stop a surgical scalpel right and sent it and we're like ooh, that's a bit what it was he proud and he wanted to share yeah. that moment he or was very was happy he just... that he got to this stage in his training and he wanted to yeah, share it i think with it was them. just really misjudged yeah to be honest yeah. it was one of those yeah, really yeah. misjudged <laughs> things he should have just delivered that in person like, look, oh. my first scalpel <laughs> i just photoed it yeah just oh, right yeah yeah that would have been much safer Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I can understand that excitement. You're working on something big. You want to share it. You know, I mean, you're yeah, breaking guy... a few laws and things by doing it, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Well, some people also thought this guy was pretty creepy, which, I mean, I hear that a lot post, like, hindsight's 2020, you know, like, yeah, that guy was really creepy. Mm. But at the time, they didn't have any opinion. But anyway, this this lady, um, her name was Christina Algen. She was the wife of a doctor, um, and they had invited the... um, harm and his new girlfriend over and she was like this guy's creepy never invite him over again but then Uh she ended up divorcing that guy anyway anyway so another body was discovered january 1986 this time it was a japanese student named tazunga toyanoga i don't know how to say the last name but we're just going with that even though yeah it's japanese Mm -hmm. i'm not good with anything that's not baby English. <laughs> Even though the body was found in Copenhagen, Denmark, they think she was killed the same by the same killer due to the way the mutilations were. And they so, obviously had harm under um, constant um, surveillance, hopefully. Well, I don't think they did because... Oh, come on, everyone's saying this is the killer. And then it's because, the guy. because there was some other body, yeah. Oh, so no. maybe they just got tired of like trying to surveillance him. I don't know. Anyway, in 1987, a school teacher and Christina Algen. Yeah, this is in 1987, like years after the first deaths were found. Um, the the wife, Christina Al- Algen, was. They took allegations of sexual abuse to uh, of her their daughter to the police, and they took it very seriously. They brought him in. He denied the sexual abuse at first, but then finally admitted it. Then he went on to admit all this other stuff. He said he went on to admit that he helped Dr. Harm with the murders, but he didn't actually do the murders himself. He didn't. Wow. Yeah. So he stated like he went full on confession. He stated that he was they would go out looking for lone girls, offer them money to attend a sex party. Then when the woman went into the home. They would strangle her. After they took turns performing necrophilia. Oh, God. Yes. Yeah. Both of them. For those that don't know what necrophilia is, Lucky that's people. having sex with a dead body. <laughs> Lucky people. Now they know. Mm-hmm. Oh. I've ruined it for them. I Innocent hope no one was eating their tea at this Innocent particular moment. <laughs> I mean, at uh, least they took turns, maybe. No. no? Joe, there's that's no just... saving that. No, <laughs> the taking turns thing is just like oh, like they both were doing it. Okay, before and then, oh. it just feels like he was trying to justify it. Like we're not animals; we took turns. He's like, I didn't do the murder, but I did. I did have sex with a dead body. Was was this in an effort to get a plea deal? Like I, I don't want to go away for being a pedophile because I imagine Swedish prisons as you know, nice as they might question. be would be similar in terms of the way they look at paedophiles and Mm. it's well if i throw this guy under the bus will you give me a much reduced sentence well i don't think so because it sounded like the trial was pretty much um equal for both of them oh okay but we'll get into that too (laughs) before taking the bodies to the garage and dismembering it harm would carve out some of the victim's flesh cook it and eat it Oh, God, I mean, he has no 
redeeming <laughs> features, does he, really? It's just like he eats them, he has sex with them when they're dead, he chops them up, he leaves them in bags. Yeah. It's just... Oh, he doesn't God. look like the hero cop anymore, does he, Joe? Uh, <coughs> no. no, no, he doesn't. Yeah. Although I like the fact that what you were saying is like a throwaway line. The second one, he's going, oh, this 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 guy really knows what he's doing. He's really good. <laughs> he's a surgeon. He's just praising himself. He's so complimentary no. of himself. He's a criminal <sighs> genius. He's such a narcissist. Harm was, harm was part of a sick vampire cult medical society thing that he refused to talk about further. Yep. Vampire so, cult society. Yeah. So that's why he and Algen were doing this is for, because they were part of a medical society and they were trying to teach the benefits of having sex with a dead body and eating it. Yes. I, did they extrapolate but on what those benefits want were? To he didn't want to talk further about it. That's only for the medical society to know. Wow. <laughs> I'm skeptical. I, I'm and the skeptical. rest of us will never know. <laughs> <coughs> was this the scientific paper he was working on? He was... <laughs> Probably his third, yeah. Mm. So um, anyway, in October 1887... Mm. Um, we finally Tina arrived. Harvest, October finally arrested. No, we were born then, so yeah. we've just come into the story. Yeah, I think that's when the rabbit went out of service. Uh, no, um, so, <laughs> so he was arrested finally and charged with eight murders, including that of his late wife. The trial did not begin for another year, and their star witness was Ham's daughter, who claimed oh. to have seen the beheading of one of the victims. Oh, now. She would have been about one and a half to two years old seeing that beheading. And a lot of things I read were like, she is too young to remember that. But there has been evidence showing that people that are younger than four that see something very traumatic will remember it. Yeah. And even if they don't remember it verbatim, they remember the feeling of it or they mm -hmm. will remember some of it. But that's a pretty traumatic thing. And she used a doll's head, plucked the doll's head off in the court to show what had happened. Is it wrong but, that now I'm thinking, what a bad parent. You would have put her to bed before you did the beheading. <laughs> well, I, and then another report said it wasn't his daughter, it was Algen's daughter, because they've been, both been about the same age. But mm. but that was, but if they did it at, at Harm's house, then it would, like, I don't know. And Harm had a girlfriend. I don't know at what point he didn't have a girlfriend. Mm. Um, so I don't know whose home they did this in but i don't so and i don't know whose daughter it was but a lot of reports did say it was harm's daughter either, either way you know you should be suspicious a daughter shouldn't be yeah. <laughs> if, there, if be there's a room this. in someone's house that they won't let you in under any circumstances you, you probably should be thought, suspicious oh, she's of too that young person. to know she won't go to bed she won't go to sleep I'll, we'll just put her right here in the corner yeah. And we'll do these things, and can just yeah, I don't who I don't know what his thinking was. He's a sick Although idiot. To be who fair, knows? I continued watching horror movies with our daughter until she was about one. <laughs> oh, so no. hopefully, I've not done any irredeemable <laughs> harm. You're to gonna her. regret that now. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. It's like she likes the bright know. colors. Uh. My brother watches horror movies with his daughters, and uh, he's he's been watching inappropriate movies with with them 
since they were babies. So <laughs> they're probably ruined for life as well. I don't know. I mean, M, M's dad watched a lot of um, 80s action movies with her at a ridiculous age. Oh, yeah. Things like, you know, like Commando and things where people get blown up and like... <laughs> a sort of uber, uber hyper-violence yeah. that you got at the late 80s action movie. Rambo. Yeah. But I wonder if, because kids are so smart, they understand that that's not real. Or oh, it's yeah. like television. Whereas this little girl saw somebody's... Oh, yeah. And he used a saw. He used a saw to decapitate. Oh. Well, yeah. Yeah, I suppose that's efficient. I, I don't know why I had him swinging an axe. I'm not just... Because <laughs> that's what you would do. I, um... Okay, so a Photoshop place remembered the two men two men having film developed at their shop with some very disturbing pictures of mutilated bodies but when the men picked up the film they told them it was a top secret investigation and since harm <laughs> did work for the police who he probably had own photo lab oh my god could you imagine going to happy snaps <laughs> that, that and just a... having them developed one hour i used photo. to work Oh that was my God. first major when I was in college the first time I did photography and then mm. I worked for a photography shop like I developed film and we see some pretty crazy things a lot of nakedness I don't know how I would have reacted if I'd seen mutilated bodies I think I probably would have still called the cops and been yeah. like yeah you yeah. know well if you were this for guy the cops, said you can... that they are doing a top secret investigation if that were true, then they shouldn't be having them done here mm-hmm. at this location. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm scarred but, for life now. Yeah. <laughs> right. But they believed them and they didn't report it to the police. Oh, and so, it, but, an innocent you know, time again, in the 80s, obviously. Again, yep. hindsight, yeah. Mm-hmm. That all came out during the investigation. Anyway, people in Sweden weren't sure, though, if these two men had really done the killings. What? I think... I think Algin ended up retracting his confession and and so they had to go by what evidence they had but they um yeah like still there's still people not sure if they're innocent or not innocent like he was an upstanding guy and they've ruined their lives and yeah I think so he, he kind of ruined his own life well harm <laughs> harm um well so either way they they went to court um, a year later, and even though, like I said, one confessed, I think he ended up taking back his confession or whatever. Mm. But um, they also think that maybe Algin, that um, the doctor with the daughter, mm. was setting harm up. Like he, like he, harm the whole time said he was innocent, but he could have been framed. Whatever. That they knew each other, but only by acquaintances. But, again, Harm did say he was part of a medical society and yeah. that he was trying to teach necrophilia and um, cannibalism. It's, and but so only it's like, consensually? It's like, he's, it's like he's confessing, but he's not confessing. Mm. It's really it weird. It doesn't add up. None mm. of this adds it up at all. And there's the picture yeah. of his dying wife yeah, in his well, possession. Unless right. uh, Algernon, he um, planted and, that other disturbing images yeah yeah no this That's this true. man planted terabytes worth of disturbing porn in my house and it wouldn't be terabytes right. in the 80s. <laughs> oh no and then there's all the confessions Megabytes. by the by the many prostitutes they interviewed yeah yeah so there's i mean come on so um anyway 
They went to court. They did get found guilty in 1988. However, another twist. Some of the jury gave interviews before the sentencing, and apparently that's a huge no-no in Sweden, and they had to do a second trial. This time, the second trial, they were acquitted. <coughs> they were acquitted. They both got to go free. Well, they even... lost their licenses for practicing medicine, however, but they got to go free. <laughs> they haven't had a job since. Um, and they tried to sue the government, 40 million krona, which is about 3 million pounds. And they tried to clear their names, but the government said, nope, we don't owe you a dime. <laughs> so, um, yeah, is... they are still living um, free. They're alive to this day. And with one of you know the the best social security sort of um, countries, <laughs> so even saying they're unemployed, they're probably living in a, a level of comfort that pedophiles, necrophiles, <laughs> right? You know, cannibals, cannibals. Sorry, I even forgot about that one. Mm. Don't deserve. I'm shook. Well, yeah. wait a minute. I... Are they are they like? Um, is it Norway that have the twenty one year rule? on um the maximum you can be uh, i think the maximum in sweden is 30 mm -hmm. so 88 so they so would be out anyway were, yeah because yeah. that was yeah a long time ago so yeah. no matter no matter what they did no matter mm -hmm. what they found guilty they would be free men today yeah there's a lot of countries with that maximum 30 mm. years which i find really shocking mm. because i've read so like Seriously, I've been reading so many horror crime stories, <laughs> looking for stories, and all of them are like, they, they take place in the 80s or 70s or whatever, and they're free already. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, or, or they're about to be free. Mm -hmm. There was one I was reading, it was really horrific, and it's like, going to be paroled in 2023. Like, oh my god, that's like <laughs> two years. I know it's it's quite scary because like my sister was born in ninety one and she's turning thirty this year, and uh, in a couple of weeks' time. So anyone who was before that and had a thirty year year yeah. sentence, they're they're out. Any yeah. crime committed in the eighties, if you're still alive yeah. and in a country with a thirty year limitation, mm -hmm. you are now free. Yeah. Woohoo! Yeah, it's that's it's scary. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess I it's putting your money wonder... where your mouth is on rehabilitative justice, isn't it? It's they're they're saying we we don't believe in punitive justice. We believe it's about rehabilitation and reintegration. So that yeah. you you can't have that outlook and have a life sentence without an opportunity to demonstrate. I guess like that guy, the butcher who mutilated and killed a prostitute. He got let go pretty early. Like he was in a institute so they must have thought he yeah. was worthy of rehabilitation did did he go on to murder another prostitute though that i do not know because i don't even know his name so i couldn't look him up but <sighs> this guy i wonder like if the, he's on watch like if he's on like he's probably i'm sure you can't put him on house arrest because they didn't find mm. him guilty the second mm. time but but i'm sure he's being watched and everybody knows who he is mm everybody so um they probably don't even need a picture in the red light district of who he is 
I mean, no prostitute's going to touch him unless they were really, really desperate. No, but then he's got and 30 years of ageing on it, and I'm guessing to be a, a respected doctor, he wouldn't have been in his 20s when this happened. He'll be in his happened. 70s or 80s yeah. now. Yeah, he was 31 when this all happened. So he's 60. <clears throat> Only in his 60s? 70s? 70s. Mm. Yeah? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, late Just, 70s. Uh, well... I don't. I don't know how much of a how much of a threat he will pose now. Yeah, he's probably got um, ED or something by now. Oh, <laughs> and no pharmacist is going to give him Viagra. No, that's that should be his punishment. We're not going to we're not going <laughs> to enable you to do these things. We don't. We're not allowed to lock you up, but we're definitely it's not going to help. <laughs> he's also banned from all. That hardware might make stores. it more frustrating. I don't know. Might make it a little worse. Oh, but anyway, that is the story of the Stockholm killer, aka the Swedish butcher. The Swedish butcher. <laughs> oh. I had to do a story on in Sweden because Sweden is just too good of a country to like. They they just never have their crime, you know, reported or. But no. I I did I did read that there was um that the guy who wrote the the girl with the dragon tattoo, Stig- he had seen a very violent rape when he was fifteen. And he became an advocate for women, um, domestic violence kind of a thing because of that. And so I think the books he was trying to bring about, you know, a conversation some sort of nothing else. written dress justice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting because although Sweden, Sweden seems so great on the outside, they have an underbelly. <laughs> oh, so, definitely. A lot of those like, European like everybody. countries. How many, a lot of the European countries do. How many serial killers did you find when you were looking for a Swedish one, though? I'd be interested Well, to there know. is another one that Ooh. is... Well, um, it was a nurse uh, that killed in a hospital. And I didn't do... I'll save that one for later. <coughs> I didn't do that one. But there wasn't very many. There were mm. some serial killers, but not, not medical serial killers. I kind of, I think um, when I looked, there was like the top nine Ooh. of serial killers, and two of them were medical. Wow. T- top nine is that um, in in all of Sweden? In Sweden, yeah. So I'm thinking, oh, and I'm not I'm not being harsh on on your you know your home state of California, but you could probably get a top nine uh, serial killers <laughs> just from California. Sa- I was thinking just Santa Cruz, probably. That's crazy. See, oh. now you say top nine, all I can think of the seventies. Pops. Top nine Santa Cruz serial killers from the seventies. Just from, from the seventies. Yeah, you could probably uh, yeah. populate and that. The eighties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, yeah. Some of them. So there in, wasn't very many, out. and I was, I actually was looking into Australia as well because I really don't know a lot about Australia or its history or anything, and I was, I was looking into that, and they. There was somebody who did a, a paper on why nurses kill. Oh. And I thought, well, that's interesting. And it broke down different reasons why nurses kill. And it talked about, like, he, he did it from all over the world. Uh, and I thought, oh, great. Maybe he's going to list some names and mm-hmm. I'll have some people I can, like... But he didn't list names. I, I was hoping he, you'd say he turned out to be a serial killer. No. He's just justifying <laughs> himself. <laughs> no, but he... Um, he was like trying to figure that mindset out and of course there's the hero complex Mm -hmm. and then there's the the like they really do care they're trying to help someone to the other side 
and then and there's the power. Like this, yeah, yeah. So there was like different reasons. And Our friend Harvey. I thought it was really interesting. He like did this paper for nurses all over the world. I thought, wow. And um, there was a percentage. It was like, how many out of the nurses in the world are killers? And um, it was like ten percent. It was like six or seven percent, something like that. I thought, wow, that's a lot of killers. Is this yeah. people who've uh, uh, admitted to um, helping someone else, so assisted suicide? Is yes, that assisted it? Ah. as well. Yeah, well, that makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, but but still, like that's, that's and, pretty but, high. But nursing, nursing murder, or doctor murder, or medical murder is really hard to prove. It's extremely hard to prove. And even now with all of the securities and all that stuff, it makes it harder, but it's still harder to prove because you have to have like fingerprints or catch them in the act or like the witness or something. And especially if you're going for the the most um, sort of acutely ill people, because there's, there's just an understanding that there is a chance that this person would naturally die. So it doesn't naturally scream out that this was unusual. Sometimes it's, you can almost, make it look like a normal death from that condition would look and be done with it thanks evan joe for being on this episode with me oh, and you're welcome i hope to do it again soon when i finish writing it up absolutely <laughs> all right. forward to it more Catch more scandinavian murders come on an australian an australian. australian yeah yes other continents <laughs> bye bye